I pray that I may speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I came to Oxford back in 1971 to read chemistry, I was an atheist. And I think I would have read Richard Dawkins' words with great admiration and total agreement. The universe we observe has at bottom precisely the properties we'd expect. If there is no good, no evil, no purpose, no meaning, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. And that seems to me to be a way of thinking that many find attractive. But it's something I think I began to find profoundly superficial. If you like, it's a surface way of looking at things. And in many ways, the Christian faith invites us to look deeper, to realize that there is a better, a more satisfying, a more resilient way of thinking about the world, which is there when we begin to look more closely and more attentively. Although many would say that atheism is very simple in terms of its basic assumptions, I think it really leaves unanswered so many questions. And for me, one of the enormously exciting things I discovered about Christianity as a young man was its ability to make sense of the world I observed, not simply what science was uncovering, but the success of science itself. And one of the things I began to notice is that the sciences raised questions that they weren't really able to satisfactorily answer. And I think very often as I look back, I come back to some words from C.S. Lewis that seem to me to capture something of the intellectual excitement of the Christian faith. I believe in Christianity, he wrote, as I believe that the sun has risen, not just because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. And it seems to me that one of the things that we need to explore here is the ability of a way of thinking to make sense of things, to achieve a resonance between what we believe and what we actually observe. And that seems to me to be a point that's of no small significance. It's as if what we observe intimates to us that there is more that's yet to be discovered. Again, Lewis himself, when he began to feel the pressure, when he began to realize that actually the evidence was forcing him in a theistic direction, began in his own mind to contrast what he called a glib and shallow rationalism on the one hand and a many-islanded sea of poetry and imagination on the other. It was as if he was on the border, on the threshold of something that reason was intimating but not actually delivering. And I think that for the new atheism would say, faith is simply irrational. For me, at least in my own walk of faith, it does not contradict reason but simply goes beyond it. It travels further down the road where reason points, but doesn't actually prove able to take us. So for me, there is something remarkably exciting about this ability to make sense of things around it. It's why I still love science, even though I stopped doing that many years ago. But I find that my Christian faith gives me an added level of meaning 
which I can bring to my reading of the scientific literature. But our readings tonight, I think, make it clear to us that there is far more to things than simply making sense of things. That is good, but it's not good enough. And certainly our readings point to something much deeper, that in effect it's not enough to believe the right things. We need something that's able to give us stability and security. And Psalm 27 there, which in its Latin form is the motto of this university, is very much about God bringing that stability and security. This great theme that when the storms of life break, as they do, that there is something here that is immovable, that there is something on which we can stand as we might stand on a rock, which brings stability and meaning to life. And that, I think, remains important. Because for most of us, the grand questions, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? Who am I? Can I make a difference? Are there and they are significant. And it seems to me that the themes we see there in Psalm 27 are that not simply of God being there, but rather that God is the one who brings meaning and dignity, who gives direction and stability to life, who is, to move to a different psalm, the shepherd who is always with us, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And for me, that is one of the attractions of faith, that it offers stability in the midst of what seems to be a raging storm of insignificance. But of course, even that is not enough. And in many ways, Paul, in that reading we had from Philippians, begins to open up a third area, which is that of satisfying the deepest desires and longings of the human heart. And Paul talks in this passage of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. And in that passage, he's saying that everything he has known, everything he's achieved, somehow seems insignificant in the light of this greater discovery that he has made. And basically we're talking here about the human heart, not so much the mind, but the heart discerning that there is something profoundly worth seeking and even more profoundly worth finding, which is something that is planted within us because of our relationship with God. I think Augustine of Hippo put this very well in a prayer of about the year 405 when he wrote these words, You have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. Now that's not an intellectual argument but it is about something which is much deeper. It's about this deep intuition we have. An intuition which says to us there is meaning, there is significance that the longings of our hearts actually are not leading us astray, but are pointing us in the right direction. Now, of course, that just might be completely misguided. 
But then again, it might not. It might well be that planted within us is some deep instinct which helps us to see our way through the confusion of this life to something profoundly worth having that really is there and that we are meant to discover. It's one of these great themes of the Christian faith, that in some way God has planted eternity in our hearts, that in some way we are made almost with a homing instinct, that we may attach our longings to something else only to discover that those fail, those frustrate, those don't deliver what we had hoped and believed. And we turn again, asking where is true happiness to be found? Christianity, I believe, makes sense of things. I certainly believe it gives a basis for founding our lives and doing something significant. But above all, I think, it begins to respond to that deep sense within us that there is something tantalizingly beyond our experience, which if only we could reach out, we could grasp. But then, from the perspective of Christianity, we discover that this God, what's what we're talking about, is one who has chosen to reach out to us even before we began to reach out towards him. Many of you will know that very powerful painting on the chapel, the Sistine Chapel in Rome. The creation of Adam. It is Adam reaching out towards God and their fingers are about to touch. It's about the longings of our heart reaching out towards a loving and giving God who wants to give us that transformation, intellectual and spiritual, which seems to me to lie at the heart of the Christian faith. In the name of that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.